welcome back to Studio Stories. I'm your host, Eve Rangorn, and today I'm speaking to Natasha Hamilton, known from her days in Atomic Kitten on dealing with postnatal and prenatal depression, the signs and also how she overcame it. So if you'd like to find out more, keep listening. Hi Natasha, thank you for joining me today. Do you want to start by introducing yourself to our listeners? Yes, hi, my name's Natasha Hamilton. Um, I, you may know me as being one third of the girl band Atomic Kitten. I'm also a very busy mum. I have four children, three who are still at home, and I also have an online wellness business as well. Amazing. So today we're going to be chatting about a few things and also your journey to motherhood. So like you just said before, you're known from the days of Atomic Kitten and you have a successful, you're going to have to help me pronounce this, ketones business? Ketones, yeah. And you're also launching a solo album. So tell me a little bit about your life in the band days. Wow, well, back back in day, as people say, uh, life was crazy. I left home, which was Liverpool, at the age of 16. I moved to London and became part of one of the world's biggest girl bands. We signed a £1.5 million record deal. Um, that didn't go into our bank, but that was the commitment the record label were going to make. Um, that they were going to invest into the band to make us successful. And it worked. <laughs> so life quickly became very busy. We were in high demand. We were traveling the world, um, private jets, helicopters. Um, our schedule was so intense that we, we were, we just never stopped. So although it was fun, it was exhausting at the same time. And yeah, we, we got to do so many incredible things like learn about new cultures, sample fantastic food. Um, and we just never, honestly, we never stopped. Looking back now, um, 20 plus years on, it's almost like it was somebody else. But um, when I catch up with the girls, we always have a giggle about silly stories that we remember. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it was so intense as well because you were only 16 at the time and then you left, is it six years later? Yeah, about five years later. And why did you sort of like decide to leave the band? Well, I became pregnant with my eldest son, Josh, and I had him while I was still in the band, but I only had six weeks maternity leave, which when I... Oh my God. I just think that is crazy for anyone to ever think that six weeks was enough time to give birth, recover, and then go back to this crazy, very high demand job. So uh, there's absolutely no surprise that things became very difficult. I was right in the early stages of bonding with my baby and then I was back at work. And even though my mom became my son's full-time nanny, I wasn't around. I was back on a promo trail. I was spending weeks in the likes of Australia and Asia and Europe. And it became increasingly difficult for me because I just wasn't enjoying that job that used to once give me so much joy. I wasn't happy. I I was torn. I didn't know it at the time, but I was going through the, the first stages of postnatal depression, which I was hiding because, you know, when you're a 20 year old pop star, people expect you to be, you know, presented all happy and smiley and not a care in the world. But the reality of it was I wasn't sleeping at all with worry. 
Um, I was depressed and crying um, all day, every day, uh, apart from when the camera was rolling. I just felt incredibly confused because I felt like if I was to say, I am not happy, people might judge me and say, well, you'll, you know, how can you not be happy? You've got everything. You're in the world's biggest girl band. You've got money. You've got a nice house. You've got this, you've got that. What is it to be unhappy about? So because I was thinking that, I just didn't speak about my feelings to anyone. And I just kept trying to push them down. And then it became this big secret that I was carrying around with me. And for anyone that's experienced postnatal depression and not spoken about it, it's, you know, it's kind of a ticking time bomb, really. And nine months into after having Josh, things came to a massive head. And it, it was just a difficult time because just not having that joy. You, I, I should have been at home having all these beautiful experiences with my son. But the reality of it was it, it just wasn't like that. Yeah, and I guess your job had almost switched from, you know, being in this famous girl band to actually being a mum and you you couldn't probably be doing both jobs at the same time. It's I mean, it sounds impossible anyway, the fact that you were traveling everywhere anyway. So how was sort of life after you left the band then? Life was difficult after leaving the band because I was craving normality. I just wanted to be a mum bringing up my son. But I quickly found out that when you're well, when you have been part of one of the girls' biggest girl bands, life isn't normal in the real world. You aren't treated normally. You know, people still whisper under their breath and go, oh my God, that's a girl from a top of kitten. And then also I was going, you know, trying to integrate in a new community where I'd lived. And a lot of the mums were, were older than me at the time. So I found it hard forming friendships with mums at the time. I was a little bit alienated and I suppose I didn't have the confidence then to just go out there and try and make friends because it literally was being, it was like being in a fishbowl. Everybody knew who I was, but I didn't know anyone else. So it was hard to form those, those friendships and those bonds with other new mums. There was no easy fix to everything that was going on. It was a process that I just had to live and manage and find my way through. Yeah, and now you have four gorgeous babies. So talk to me a little bit about your journey with motherhood with them. Oh, everything's been, every single one of them has been totally different. So with my first, I suffered postnatal depression, but my pregnancy was wonderful. I had the most amazing pregnancy with Josh. Uh, My second child, Harry, he was adamant to make an early uh, arrival, but... At 20 weeks, I went into early labour. I was suffering with a um, kidney infection that I couldn't get rid of, and it was causing a lot of problems. So then I had to be under the care of the hospital. I was put on steroids, and that just kind of makes you a bit poorly, and there was a lot of complications, uh, and it was a stressful time. I finally had him at 38 weeks, so that was brilliant. He, He hung on in there. And then after I had him... Um, I I was okay. I wasn't great. I had a little bit of maybe personality depression, but nothing like I'd experienced the first time. In between there, I lost a baby, uh, which was really quite traumatic at the time, uh, just because 
no one actually prepared me for what was going to happen um, after a scan. And I'd been told that, you know, the heartbeat wasn't there. I was sent home. And what happened after that was quite traumatic. So that was a difficult time. I was newly married. Uh, I'd fallen pregnant on my honeymoon. You know, everything was like so perfect. So then to have to deal with that, um, that was really hard. And that sent me into a dark place for a little, of quite a while. It was probably another three years before me and my my husband at the time, we tried for another baby because it was, you know, it just took a long time to get over. And it was the, the fear of, oh, that could happen again. So eventually I had Alfie. Uh, that was a really stressful pregnancy because of what had happened before. So I was constantly worried. Um, and then when he came, you know, everything was great and I thrived. I really did thrive um, once Alfie was was here. And then I had Ella, which, oh my, my goodness, whether it was my body wasn't used to carrying girls or, you know, a different hormone influx going on within me. Um, just from early con conception, I was having panic attacks, the, like the most horrendous anxiety every day, very tearful. So I was diagnosed with prenatal depression, which I didn't even know was a thing. And then I had her, that, that died down after about 20, 25 weeks. Um, and then I could enjoy things a little bit more. And then Ella got to about three, four months old and... Yeah, I just did what started not coping well at all. And I've read things that, you know, if you're going to get postnatal depression, you'll you'll know straight away. And that just wasn't the case with Ella. I, you know, I gave birth to her at home. I had a really lovely pregnancy. She was, you know, there was no complications. Um, I breastfed her, which I loved. And then all of a sudden, about three months into breastfeed, and I just started feeling her every time I'd feed... I'd start feeling horrendous. Um, and I didn't know this until recently from reading somebody else's blog, that that's actually a thing and it has a name. Nobody ever told me that. And yeah, just from there, there was a bit of a spiral that went, and I think Ella was about 10 months old. And I ended up having a, a, a full breakdown. It was really, really uh, difficult. And, I, you know, I, I there was four children at home. Um, I, I ended up having to go back to work super early when I didn't want to because during that final pregnancy, my income just stopped. It was, it was really difficult being a female in the entertainment industry yeah. being pregnant because it's almost like, oh, she's pregnant and you don't get any jobs. Um, so, yeah, I ended up having to go back to, to work pretty early and I was breastfeeding. So, you know, I'd be going and doing these gigs and my mum would come with me and I'd go on stage and I'd have to make sure I had an outfit where I, you know, I could wear like a big bra with um, milk pads in them. And I'd be on stage and I'd be lactating and I'd be in agony and I'd run off stage and I'd feed her. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, this is not what you want to be doing in those, you know, those first months after having the baby. Yeah. If if you're not self-employed, you know, you get your maternity leave and it's this wonderful time and it just didn't end up being like that. 
And yeah, it's too much for any one person. And how did you recognise you were going through PND in the end? Oh, I mean, constant worry, constant crying, not sleeping, you know, erratic moods, closing myself off, not wanting to leave the house, um, just not coping very well at all. So, yeah, I was treated with medication, but that didn't seem to be working. I didn't think we had the right balance. And then that didn't help as well. I think when you, if you don't go down the medication route, it could take a while before you found the right balance. So, yeah, I had a full breakdown and it was a really difficult time, but it ended up being almost like a rebirth for me personally. Um, it made me go, well, you know, the this has been going on now for many years, postnatal, prenatal, or just depression in general. So, you know, what what is all this about? <laughs> what what else could it be about? And what can I do to help myself? And that just put me on this path of like self-exploration and looking into diet and looking into exercise and looking into holistic therapies. So you went through cognitive therapy. So what is this? So I went through a very intensive course of cognitive behavioral therapy. And that was basically it's about learning to control your thoughts and live in the now. So mindfulness and it's kind of along that lines. Um, when you're depressed or you're anxious, it's reliving the past or bringing your past experiences and how you felt and throwing it into your future. So it may not may not ever happen, but you're just linking that feeling from things that have happened before and you're just associating that with everything you look at in your future. So there's no peace. You have no peace when you're looking back. You have no peace when you're looking forward and you're not living in the present. You're missing everything that's happening in the here and now. So it's a very powerful tool and I know it's not for everyone. And to be honest, when I was told this is what I was going to do, my initial thoughts were, this is going to be a load of rubbish. It's not for me. I think I thought like that because I wasn't confident in my own ability to be able to heal myself because for so many years I'd gone down the medication route and I'm not saying don't do that because what is right for you is right for you. And I was actually doing the therapy and on medication at the time. Um, but it ended up being one of the most incredible experiences and I, it was hard it was really tough, but by the time I had my 18th session, I was crying, but it was it was a happy tear because the woman who had nurtured me through the 18 weeks had helped me gain back control of my life, and I felt so out of control at the beginning. So it really did change me, and it also gave me a lot of confidence. So within that time, I went back to college, um, you know, I was kind of stuck in the house all day with the baby. Yeah. And I, I didn't have things to look forward to. I wasn't focusing on other things. It was almost like waiting for the phone to ring to say I had a gig or, you know, a, an interview or something. And it's a horrible way to live. So it was like taking control of the situation. And I went back to beauty school. I absolutely, I mean, I was terrified. <laughs> Uh, going in but I ended up loving it 
it was my one day every day. You know, I had a friend look after Ella. I'd put my tunic on and I'd go and, I, you know, I'd study for my exams every few weeks. And it just empowered me. It was like, oh, okay, so I'm not just a struggling mum whose career is dwindling because, you know, my negative internal voice. Yeah. Very nice at all. It, it gave me a lot of power and it also gave me back some respect. I started respecting myself a lot more. So it was incredible. So one in 10 women, this, these are the statistics, they suffer with postnatal depression, which is actually really high. So what advice would you give to anyone who's been feeling or in a similar situation to what you were in? If anybody is, whether they, you know, they're, they're pregnant or they've just had a baby and you are just not feeling yourself, and you don't know what it is and you can't put your finger on it, but you're just not feeling right, speak to someone about it. The worst thing that you can do is keep it inside. You will be so surprised at how many other women or new mums that you will speak to who will go, I've been through that. Like, I think you've just said one in 10. I don't think- Probably. I, I think it's higher. More, yeah. That might be the one one in ten who who admit to it or actually know that they've been through that. I don't think I've got a girlfriend who's got kids who hasn't at some point on their pregnancy journey not felt themselves and had to, you know, get help for it. Yeah. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It is a hormonal imbalance. Um I used to be very tough on myself because I just felt like I was being ungrateful. Now I know that yeah, that was just a load of nonsense. It, you only feel how you respond to your body. So just don't keep it inside. If you can't, if you know, speak to someone, whether it's a friend, a family, or go and see your doctor, talk to you know your health visitor or whoever it is and just ask for help yeah and we'll um we'll pop some links to some uh, websites as well that can help you if anyone's listening so after you sort of can we say you got your mojo back is that the right word to use yeah definitely yeah after you got your mojo back how are you doing today what what's going on in the life of natasha hamilton today ah do you know what i'm doing really well um the past 18 months have been a challenge, but they've also taught me that you just take each day at a time and if you put yourself out there, good things will come back. So I've been, um, you know, filling my cup up every day. That's probably one of my biggest life tips I could give to anyone is do something for you every day before you start sorting the kids out and the housework and the husband or the partner. Um, I for many years. Um, well, I've been a mum for 19 years now, and I'd say for a good nine, 10 of those years, I was bottom of the pile. Like just everyone and everything came before me. And I just always felt rubbish and lacking and exhausted. Even though I'd put a brave face on inside, I was just like, I feel rubbish. And now I do me, I'll get up early in the morning, I'll get up whether it's half hour, an hour, an hour and a half before the kids, I will do gratitude, I'll write journals, I will do a workout, 
um, and just start my day in the right way, like for me, without the chaos. Um, I slip out of that every now and then. And then I remember, hey, I was feeling really good when I was doing that. So I'm going to go back to doing that. So it's like finding tools that help you. Um, it's not just go to the gym every day and you'll feel good. You have to, I think you need a full like 360 approach when it comes to your well-being. So, you know, your mental, your spiritual, your physical, um, everything needs to be looked at in, in a separately and nurtured yeah, no, that is that is definitely great advice. Um, and as a mother of four, what does motherhood be like mean to you? Motherhood changes all the time with the different phases. My elder son, you know, he's 19 this year. He's in the army. He's off. He's doing his thing. Oh, amazing. So, you know, over the past few years, not that I've had empty nest, but I had that emptiness syndrome of like someone who has been a piece of our jigsaw like went and then there was a piece of the jigsaw missing and it was the most bizarre feeling like it was really tough so that was all new to me um I've got a daughter now after having three boys so you know I'm going through things with her I've never experienced before um she is a powerful little soul is she uh, a little mini mini you um I, I mean my, my parents say she's me reincarnated she, <laughs> she is lots of fun she's quite dramatic um but she every day she'd be like mum you look beautiful today and I'm like she is like my biggest champion um you know even if I you know when you put a brave face on if you're not having a good day she'll come up to me and she'll hug me and she'll go mommy I know I know something's not right I'll give you a big cuddle to make it better she's what a sweetheart it's quite insane um I've got a son who's just about to leave junior school going to high school uh, so you know going through that transition with him and then I've got a son who's just left senior school and he's going to be going into higher education so motherhood is constantly evolving um it is so much fun it's exhausting but incredibly rewarding yeah I love that so my final question for today is what is the main, I feel like you're going to have loads of mantras, so this is going to be a good one for you. What is the main mantra you live your life by and why? I kind of touched up on this before, but fill your own cup before serving anybody else. If Even if that means 15 minutes before you have to get up. And I know it's, I mean, I'm talking from from a point now where I don't have a newborn baby so people really listen to this might be like is she crazy (laughs) if you've got a newborn baby the biggest advice I can give you is nap when they nap don't do the washing don't get go on a tidy don't do anything other than rest or nap you have to fit in with their schedule like that's you have to so have that downtime when they have the downtime And if you've got an older child, um, get up early and 
have a you know a cup of tea a herbal tea drink a ketone whatever it is your drink of choice just put some beautiful music on or sit in the garden while the sun's coming up or you know write some gratitude amazing just getting ahead of the game and how it makes you feel that is brilliant advice. Um, thank you so much for coming on today and, sp- and speaking so openly. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. What we're going to do, we'll pop some links to your Insta and your businesses below. And also, like I said some before, some links to anyone who's feeling they are suffering at the moment. Um, so go check them out. And thank you so, so much for joining us today. You have been fantastic, Natasha. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go and give us a review.